What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Apocalypse Movies and the Fandalorian Club. I apologize for the tardiness. That one is on me. Uh, just about nine, ten minutes late. Uh, we're here today, though, to review and talk about episode 11 of Andor, the penultimate episode of this Star Wars series. Um, I've been waiting 11 episodes to say that, and I'm very excited to say mm -hmm. it. Uh, it's a bummer that next week is the finale, but man, what a setup and what a show this has been so far. Uh, but before we get to anything that is uh, Andor, Brian, it is Wednesday. How's your week been? Back in, back in, back in the homestead, how you doing? <laughs> the second you said how... How are you doing? The church bells went off. Here, I mean, now that you pointed it out, yes. Oh yeah, it's just funny because um, it's like, uh, I, I'm still getting used to like hearing them and stuff. So like, I'll be like sitting there and I'll be like, what the "Fuck is that?" And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, that happens all day long from eight to six, and then I get a freaking symphony twice." At five ten and like five fifteen, uh, I'm not good. Have a Christmas tree up, the light on, gives me a little extra light for my podcasting because <laughs> it's right. It kind of kind of looks the same. I know it looks exactly the same. If you turned it off, I would see a difference, but I don't. I don't see a difference. So so, yeah. but yeah. Do your lights uh, have? Do your lights have a remote? No, I have to plug it in and out. That's not a big deal. But uh, yeah. Just chilling, hungry, but I Why don't know what eat? I'm making for dinner, so that's the problem. We'll see. Do you even have food at your apartment? No, I do. Forever. I'm craving. I I went shopping like two days ago. Uh, I'm craving like pizza, like bad for you pizza. Yeah, I really wanted pizza too, but I'm I still have sensitivity in my mouth from my dental surgery last week, um, so. Uh, I've been on a very soft food diet, which mm. sucks. And then chewing in the back of my mouth, so I have to eat like soups and smoothies, obviously, but um, a lot of rice dishes, noodles. Rice, um, rice is bad because if it gets caught. No, because I can pretty much just swallow it. Oh, okay, that's fair. It's it's very easy. Uh, same with like noodles and and brothy stuff. So I'm on an um, applesauce kick. Came out of nowhere. I don't know. You can't see it, but this is uh, Apple Hill apple cider. Oh, okay. I don't, wait, let me see if I can. I mean, you did get a lot of it from what I've heard. I mean, I got half a gallon. Not very <laughs> much. But it goes bad in two days, so I got I to gotta be chugging the next Oh, time. so you just need to get it. It's as fresh as fresh, so it only lasts like two weeks. It doesn't <laughs> last like typical apple juice or cider or anything, so I got to be chugging that stuff. Well, then good thing Friday is two days. It expires in two days. You get to just Go nuts on Friday. I know, but I just like drinking so many other things. I don't want to dedicate my next 48 hours to apple cider. Well, but we'll only, see. You only drink it for the, the little bit that you go to Apple Hill, and then that's it for the year. I might find right? a cool way to make like some type of fancy drink or something with it. Um, that's but we'll see. We'll see. I was I was making Gabby a bunch of espresso earlier, and I made... Uh, I am currently, I guess for lack of a better term, marinating a... Um, um apple cinnamon bourbon homemade hmm yeah it's very I'm, I'm super excited it has to sit for at least a week they recommended two um but it has cinnamon sticks and apples and brown sugar and bourbon and it's just sitting there marinating on the counter i'm super excited to try it um Are you perfect time for thanksgiving so huh? gift? 
Is that going to be everyone's gifts? Send I wish. That's actually a really good idea. But the problem is, is it's super expensive to bottle it. Mm. Um, the bottling is where that would become super expensive to do. Because you're essentially buying... If I, like, say I was to gift... You know, let's just use POV for an example. You... Jill, Molly, Sean, and Alex. That's five you bourbon. Get, send me one. You might like it. You yeah. might like it, Brian. I'm telling you. They sell the things. I always see the TikTok videos of um, people resealing their booze for cruise ships. You can do one of those. Like an, like an opened one? Yeah. So like it's basically like a top that people put on top of like a wine glass that they poured their or some other jug like that they fake their booze in. Uh, so they get like a wine bottle, open it up, pour out the wine, put hard alcohol in. And then on Amazon, they have like little tops that you put on top of it. And then you take like a hairdryer and it shrink. Oh, out. I've, I, I, yeah. If you once you said hairdryer, yeah. Cause yeah. I've looked into bottling my own. Like when I make this whiskey, I've looked into doing that. And cause I actually, it's funny. So I almost gifted Sean a specific and I was going to write his name on a label and then do that. So I actually looked into it, but it's actually quite expensive uh, for like the bottle and everything. Anyway, Star Wars. Um, hello, everybody in the chat. Thank you so got much. Lots of people. Jane, Gordon, Andy, John, Curtis, Betts. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, hey, look, Andor episode 11. Uh, not as like a crazy round two. Oh. Uh, not like a, a crazy episode, not an absolute ton happened in this episode. It was much of a setup for what we're going to be getting um, next week with the finale. Uh, but we did get some really, really good scenes between, you know, Mon and Val. We got a really good sequence with Luthen. We obviously have the Marva situation, which we will start with here in just a second. Um, but Brian, kind of just immediate reaction. You don't have to go too much in depth because... It is our 11th time doing this, and we kind of repeat ourselves on how much we love the show. But what was your reaction to this episode after watching it either this morning or late last night? This was like, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like a low point, it, but it was like a very more like. It's definitely a setup. Y yes well yes definitely set up but it's a transition of, episode yeah you, yeah you um so it was interesting to have it i mean it definitely had its moments loved the luthan stuff oh that, i think that if you didn't like the luthan stuff just go away dude that part was awesome um but yeah very like abrupt turn from last week, obviously, which I mean, obviously you're not going to have like a crazy thing following that last one again, but um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's, it's, I mean, there was some really good stuff in the episode, but it's not for the second to last episode. Um, sorry. I just got text messages. I was trying to talk. About I thought you were time. getting distracted by the bells and listening. To no, you. I was, I was reading a text that came through and trying to talk at the same time. Absolutely did not, did not work. But, um, I think it's, it's a very good episode. It was, it was written very well, mm -hmm. but there's a certain reason why this episode was crafted the way it was. And I've seen a lot of people talking about how Tony Gilroy wrote and directed this one, which is the first time I, I could be mistaken. We've had a lot of episodes 
Um, I'm not sure if he directed any beforehand, maybe like the pilot of the first two. We haven't seen him direct one in a little bit. Um, and he is always so good at like drama and emotion. And he literally punches you in the gut the moment the episode starts, right? And um, we can get into it. The death of Marva Andor, which is a very big deal. Because uh, we, we were talking last week about how we thought she was going to go out in a blaze of glory, right? Yeah. The death was um, shocking, but not in the way we thought. Yeah, we thought that she was going to kind of have that heroic moment where she saved a lot of people or set kind of like the fire under people. Um, and it starts with her death happening off screen, mm-hmm. um, which to a point is a little upsetting, but also it's understandable on how they did that because they have so much ground that they do have to cover with and or not actually being on Ferrix at the moment. And I'm mistaken. Benjamin Carson directed this. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I thought Tony Gore directed. I'm not sure. But uh, it's it's an interesting choice. But I think when you look at the overall picture, it's a better choice because we would have had to. And they could have time jumped, obviously, like they could have done that. But Andor's nowhere near Ferrix right now. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to find his way back. He's back. And in now. Florida. Yeah. And now. That phone call he gets of like, or he makes a phone call, then someone tells him over the phone, your mom died. Now he has a full-blown reason to come back in, you know, guns a-blazing mm-hmm. and do his thing. And we talked about how he exactly may find a way to like implant himself officially as a rebel. She always wanted him to be one. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like a, oh, she passed. Her dying wish essentially is her wanting him to be one he's 100% going to do it after this death. And it's kind of like the catapult that pushes him forward. Which is ironic because he's kind of already started that path, but never told her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, he said it, he said it on the phone. He, he said, you, she'd be proud of me. Tell her she'd be proud of me. Yeah. I definitely didn't see it coming. Uh, let me rephrase that. I definitely saw her death coming, but not in this style. Um which is interesting because they kind of almost like, I mean, they didn't build her up to be this like amazing character. She had, was only in like what, two, three, maybe. No, she was in a couple episodes, but she, she was in the first three heavily. Okay. That's fair. That, well, Cause they were all on Ferrix and then she popped in for like maybe one or two after. That. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, her presence was obviously felt, but it's kind of interesting how like, she died almost like to us how she died to Cassian. Like she just, oh, yeah. she just died. Which might've been the point. Yeah. I mean, she literally just died off screen. Didn't know it just happened. And that's almost kind of ex- basically how Cassian found out. Just, she's just dead. And you just kind of have to like accept it. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, the way she'd been talking, like she I thought she was going to like freaking go into that building using and blow it up. Like, Mm -hmm. but they kept saying like, she's sick and blah, blah, blah. And she's getting worse and whatever. And that's just literally what happened. And you're just kind of like left going like, Oh, okay. Like you just have to accept it. Just kind of like he just had to accept it. It was, so it's interesting. It's very interesting that like, something like star Wars where the characters are 
important. Like it's very rare. I think that this it, is the first, and I could be mistaken, right? Because there's so much Star Wars, but is this the first time we've seen an off-screen death in Star Wars? Because they like we obviously saw um, Leia pass in Episode Nine. After trying to think Harry if there's had like a Jedi. And maybe like a ma- a more major prominent story character, a la Marva. I don't know if you've ever seen someone pass off screen. That it's it's hard to yeah. think of, obviously, but off the top of my head. Oh, Ezra's parents. Yeah, but we never really actually met them. Um. Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> if you're comparing it to like, I mean, we spent time with her for a couple of episode and yeah. So I do want to bring up a couple or a comment here. Cause I thought this as well. Um, oh, that's, there you go. Oh, that's fair. Owen and brew. Oh yeah. Owen and brew. Okay. That's, good call. that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Gordon and bets both brought it up, but okay. what are the chances that Marva mm-hmm. isn't actually dead? That would be really weird to me. You like, think? Yeah. And the, especially the way uh, B2 Emo was acting. Yeah. But maybe that, he just wasn't, he wasn't was brought so in. Sad. Oh, it'd be terrible. It would be terrible, but it would also be something that they would have to do to make sure that like, because she, oh, no, she's clearly about, in the fight, you know? Yeah. I was talking about how sad B2, like, Oh like, yeah. It made me feel, you know what it made me think of that is just so horrible to think about is like an old person that has like their pets and then they just die and then the poor Well, pet... no, a pet a pet who had lost their owner. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you have your a pet dog or whatever and then you just pass away and the dog's just kind of like where'd that person go? You know? Like it's just like cuz he even said he wanted to say goodbye one time and he was like yeah. holding out hope like I was just Oh my god, that was really yeah. It hard. was hard to watch. It was hard to watch, especially because it's like you don't see like droids really getting their like emotional due in Star Wars, other than like one climactic scene, like L three freeing the hostage, like that type of stuff. But it was just so sad. I agree. B B two. Uh, yeah, he. It was. It was hard. He was definitely like the emotional. Um, lifeline this episode just him going through his emotions and dealing with what he had to deal with I mean outside of Cassian she is everything that he had um, and I'm forgetting the character I'm forgetting the name of the character that the was friend. there to kind of, yeah kind of help yeah him. I'm drawing I was trying to think of it too I couldn't think of it yeah he he and someone in the chat will put it but uh and he he, he, he was a at first, when he was like, no, we we're leaving, etc., she's gone. And then he finally said, okay, Brasso, thank you, Andy. Um, he finally said, okay, one night. And gave yeah, him, he needed the grieving period. And he, looked, he needed the grieving period. He looked genuinely upset, too. Like, yeah, if you're faking it, like, I don't, I don't know. He just genuinely seemed like he was, like, sad and upset, so... All right, let's get off. Let's get off the sad train because that's just hard to talk about. I um, think turn her into a brick. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so that's an interesting funeral aspect of Ferrix, which you know we know in in Star Wars that each culture has a way of celebrating life, and in this way, 
they turn you into a brick to essentially build what then comes after for the I hope the I think plan. Andy kind of said it. I hope someone throws a brick. Mm-hmm. At, I think like, everyone's been thinking that one. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to see someone like be like but we ha- how are we going to know that it's Marva? Like, is it, I think is, it's the symbolism of it would be enough. Yeah, like maybe they focus in on this one brick and this brick uh-huh. gets thrown through a window and it's tied to a bomb and boom. Like if I see someone walking up to the station and they're like tossing a brick in their hand, I'm going to assume that's Marva, even if it's not. And they're just throwing yeah. 100%. <laughs> brick 100%. Marva into the window. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, uh, and it would still it would still be a way that she could kind of start the rebellion on Ferrix, mm-hmm. right? If she still blew up the hotel even as a brick. She's yeah. not conscious anymore, but she blew it up as a brick. Yeah. Could be very interesting. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um all right. So outside of uh, everything that Mar uh, with Marva, let's go ahead and get to uh Mon, which not a whole lot happened with Mon Mothma this episode, but um the scene that we did see here was actually quite important. We saw Val again inside the uh, Mon headquarters, if you will. And they are overwatching um, Mon's daughter be super cultish. She is inside the Chandrilla cult. She's just uh, head first inside this stuff. And she is completely locked in on all of the culture aspects of Chandrilla. And um, that could cult culture. Yeah, exactly. Um and that could be uh, leading towards an arranged marriage, something that she could agree on if she's all in on this type of culture. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brian, what, what are we thinking? Because this, look, we, we've all been asking the question of, okay, how does Mon become Mon Mothma, right? How does she become this rebellion leader who seems to have nothing around her, you know, doesn't have any family ties at the time that we meet her? How is she pushed out of Coruscant? Why does she have no ties? And they're very slowly inching our way into explaining that it could all go back to the decisions made by her daughter um, and what she is doing, kind of how she is attaching herself to an ideal that Mon had left behind a long time ago. And even Val, Val comes in and says, that is awful. That's terrible. What are we going to do to fix this? You know, um, which I love their relationship, by the way. I love that mm-hmm. they cut, they, I remember talking a few weeks ago when it was revealed that they were cousins. And I love the fact that they are continuing to show them together. Um, I'm really, really happy with that choice. Now seeing the relationship more fleshed out and kind of how they bounce off of each other, especially in this episode, obviously for a reason in, you know, the daughter uh, making the decisions that she's making. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I don't know if it's going to happen next episode, next season, but it really does seem like the cord is about to be cut and Mon is going to have completely no ties to no family anymore, which is going to be very emotional. Yeah. Um, the daughter is just the worst. Mm-hmm. She's just the absolute worst. Like, <laughs> like she's one of those kids that you just hope you never had. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, you're just so annoying. Like, yeah, it's just, and then she's, I just feel so bad. She just sits there. She can't do anything about it. She's just literally sitting there watching. Like she's like, my daughter is being sucked into this and there is nothing I can do. And even uh, uh, Val says like, is Perrin pushing her? And she's like, no, Perrin's not, doesn't even care. Like she's literally just doing this on her own. And I mean, 
kid that age, you tell them, no, you can't do this. They're going to do it 10 times harder. So it's like, yeah, she's just in this unwinnable position. She always just seems to be like trying to do the best, but just stuck in the worst possible positions. Um, God, I love her story though. So far, she's just, so, I agree. I just like, want more of it. So do I. Like, I literally saw someone put on Twitter today, like, after season two, like, they should literally just follow her through the original series. Like, do, like, three seasons of just, like, what is she doing during A New Hope? What is she doing during Empire? What is she doing during Return of the Jedi? Well, we and, saw her in Return of the Jedi. Okay, well, that was just the example. But it's just, like, I mean, what she's, is she doing during Rebels? How about that? Sure. She's just so interesting and her character, it's it's just a testament to the character being so minimalistic in movies and you knew her importance, but now you're starting to see like all these things and they're making her story so good. And it's she's going to end up being one of those characters that is... I don't want to say synonymous with star Wars, but like one of those high up characters where you say their name and they're probably going to know who they are like off the bat. So it's yeah, her story is great. I, again, I'm still very curious to see what, I mean, at some point she's going to have her family is either going to be gone or she's going to leave them or they're going to die or something like that. There's going to be some, definitive line in the sand where this relationship is no more and that's what i'm interested to see i mean we're not, i don't expect to see it till next season because you have one episode to do all that unless they literally she just goes like i'm done with you and just leaves and goes back to chandrilla i don't know i think there's a good chance we see um uh lita thank you everyone in the chat who said her name um I think there is a good chance Lita leaves and goes home to Chandrila because she is so invested in the tradition of Chandrila. Um, and we know that basically, not that she will never go back, but that Mon is pretty much cut all ties with them. Doesn't clearly doesn't want to be there, you know, doesn't believe in in what they stand for. Um, she's trying to fight the fight from Coruscant and's kind of made that her home. And it very much could be the fact that Mon maybe gets outed or or she has to desert Coruscant and maybe has to leave her family behind, which is kind of where I was at the beginning of the season or more towards the middle. But now I'm more in the camp of thinking that her daughter is going to leave and that she'll never see her daughter again. And that's like that's the moment that Mon realizes I've officially lost everything. Time I mean, fight, you know? I mean, it's funny because you didn't really, we didn't really think about it. It was like so much of just like, they're going to die and that's going to be the end of it. But I mean, in real life, how many times do people literally go their separate ways because of different beliefs and different ideals? I mean, I have friends and family that I've literally stopped talking to because of what they believe in and it's just wrong. And there's many of that going on right now. So they don't need to blow up in the Death Star or freaking get annihilated off the face of the earth in order for them to just be 
gone. Like she, they can literally just buy into this full fascist thing. And then that, which is complete opposite in the ideals of Mon, where she's just like, you know what? I can't do what I need to do with you guys. Like I'm out and just literally do we, Brian, I don't know if you know in chat, please, please mention it. If you do know, um, do we know who or which group of people basically founded Yavin four? I we know well, not. I mean, it's always just been like, and it has, it has it ever been, I don't think it's ever been officially said anywhere. Um, Cause we've always caught up with someone already being there. I think that's what you're going to learn next season at the beginning. of next I, That's season. what I'm starting to think so too, but that's why I think, had to, I think Luthen's going to be the one that sets it up. That's what I'm, I think. Too, I said that I'm, last week and you told me no. Well, cause I think Luthen's going to die. That's why. <laughs> um, uh, I'm starting to think that Mon is going to have a huge hand in all this. Heck yeah. And she's not as, and I know that I, I look, step back, chat, stop typing your types, <laughs> retract a little bit. Okay. I already know that she has a huge hand in the rebellion. Obviously I'm saying like, he's not new here. I'm saying in the fact of not may, like maybe some decisions where she's like the full blown singular leader <laughs> at moments you know and and i could be totally wrong luthan could very well be that person um or it's a, or it's a group of them you know luthan and mon and bale obviously is heavily involved right and That's maybe why. cassian's involved because we've we haven't gotten to cassian we talked about last week but he very much feels like one of those strong four five six pillars that the rebellion is going to be built off of mm -hmm. um and maybe we didn't realize in rogue one how actually important he is and I think that's what they're setting up. But yeah, I'm I'm starting to get really curious on not just who decided, oh, Yavin 4, but why, when, what's the reasoning, how. Like I'm I'm starting to get really curious about all this stuff that sets up the official official rebellion, not just these cells that we experience, like through this and rebels. I want to see the true beginnings of like, okay, we're making the home of the rebellion yeah. on Yavin four. It's not know? just a thought as much as yeah. it is. now there's an yeah. actual base for it and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, again, I said it last week, this is one of those things where it's like, or no, I said it uh, on Monday for tales of Jedi tales of the Jedi, where it's like, there's so many little things in star Wars that are important that you can just gloss over because it's 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 just something you can just look over and go through but if you want to tell a story about it it's going to be dope like never did i think well maybe not never but never in my importance of star wars did i ever think like how did they get on yavin for like where did this even start from we're gonna see it it wasn't something that like immediately like jump they were just there and you just accepted it but now it's like okay well how'd you get there and then you tell the story and you're like oh like this is interesting like this it you buy into it and stuff that, that to me i like i said it's one of the best things about star wars and star wars always does it really well whenever they so, have a little niche they can just expand into this huge thing 
Um, couple couple comments I want to bring up while we're here. I like John's a lot. It was the Guatemalans. Yes, mm-hmm. John, you are correct. You're 100 correct. Absolutely. Name um, Jane makes a good comment here. A uh, good good uh point. Uh, they went from Dan. I think that that's meant to say Dantooine to Yavin. Yeah. Um, I it's funny. I actually literally just read that Dantooine and didn't even notice that there was no <laughs> Ean. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so uh, and Jane Jane could have a big point here. We're we're already jumping to Yavin, but what about Dantooine? Maybe like if that's they were, where Bale is. Yeah, like we we clearly we they go somewhere before Yavin, so maybe we're jumping too far ahead of ourselves, and we need to think, be thinking about Dantooine. Um, I mean, there's I'm sure that there's little cells everywhere. Like I'm oh I mean, well, we saw that's that's why I mentioned Rebels because in Rebels. They mentioned, uh, I think it was like maybe season two, late season one, that the ghost crew became a rebel cell. Yeah, they were a mobile rebel cell essentially. I'm sure there was. I'm. I mean, you could. I would easily buy that. Like, Bale's setup was on Dantooine. Like that was. Yeah, 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 Gene. I know he's on crate, but I'm just saying, like, insta. Like, I, the second <laughs> I said that, we I'm have like, so we have so many uh encyclopedias in the chat it's incredible i know it's It's funny the second i said him set setting up on uh but they beat us to it it's like they're reading our minds i went oh wait leia found that one on crate and i was like but uh, yeah but Mm -hmm. who knows i mean if someone said that there's a cell already established on dantooine and it's led by so and so i'd be like oh okay and then yeah i mean it it would make sense yeah and that yavin fourth like okay, let's all come together. Like that would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like I, yeah. Totally and Andy know. brings up another good point that ties into all this is that um, it very well could be Mon because of the money aspect of it all. Yeah. Right. She, at this moment, we're I not hundred percent sure. Like Obviously glamorous place. It was literally in ruins. Yeah. But she's also, Mon's also losing money left and right. So like, yeah. of course they can't afford much. Um, yeah. They, uh, the, the Rebel Alliance clearly has a lot of benef- beneficiaries that are behind them. Mm-hmm. Mon is one of them, but she seems to be one of the main ones, if not the main one. So deciding something like a base or location would probably come down to her and one other person, which is because it is her money going into it. Which is funny so, because they, didn't they just get like $80 million? So it's like... Yeah. But like, where's that going? I mean, well, Luthen and Mon are like, they're like here right now. So. Yeah. Um, they're on total ends of the spectrum. Um, it's curious. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I, I do agree with what Andy said that I will probably see it happen in the first or second arc next season. Oh, within yeah. one of those first two years, it makes the most sense. Uh, because by the time rogue one rolls around, they're full blown kicking. Yeah. Obviously it's right before a new hope. So, and we think that the rebels are there for at least a year or two on the Avon, oh, um, oh, doing yeah. their bidding. So, um, Wait and see. We'll wait and see until next week. But anyway, all right, let's go ahead and move along and talk about who we talk about next, Andor or Luthen? Who do you want to go with, Brian? Well, right, let's talk about Luthen. Andor kind of has less stuff. So let's go Andor and then we. Okay, let's talk about Andor. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot this episode. No. Uh, we saw him and. Oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Milshi. 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 We mm-hmm. saw him and Milshi split, which was an Milshi. interesting choice. Um, very <laughs> interesting choice. Almost. Not so much a split as Cassian was like. Well, no, not not so much. Melshi kind of said, "Oh, we have to split up. Like that's true. we're going to get caught. We we have to go our separate ways." Um, which is interesting, just because we know that in Rogue One they come back together, mm-hmm. so they both find their way into the rebellion at some point. But they're 
you could tell Melshi was much more in a mindset of people need to know what's going on than Andor is this time. Yeah. And then he gets that phone call where he learns of his mother's passing. Um, and it just seems like he's headed back to, to Ferrix. But I do want to talk about the opening scene with them and those two aliens and the quad jumper. What a great yeah. Star Wars scene. Dude, what a great Star Wars aliens scene. were weird looking. Not yeah, in a bad way. I love, I love a good weird Star Wars mm-hmm. alien. But the guy that and they were like, practical too, which made it even better. Yeah, the guy, the one that was in the back that had like the blade hand. I was like, oh, you are an ugly son of a gun, but I could like you. <laughs> so yeah. it, it was funny because I love how they talked and they were just like, kind of just like doing their stuff. They were playing a tune in their own head for sure. Yeah. And they, but they like also set up that trap to catch them. Yeah. Those like super thick spider webs. Yeah. Like they didn't try to catch them, but they like had a trap set in case their thing need, got stolen and they did it. And that exact same thing happened. And um, yeah, I, it was cool. I, I, the, one of my favorite things is about Star Wars is seeing all these weird aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like anytime mm-hmm. I'm getting aliens and new aliens and stuff, like I'm like, sweet, like dope. Like we should be seeing more aliens almost than humans. Like in this type of story, obviously it costs a lot of money to do these things, but like, this is the type of things that I like to see where it's like there, there are aliens that I would absolutely believe would just be hanging out somewhere and then yeah and a quad jumper i i remember that i remember one of those what movie is that from brian uh i was gonna say rise of the skywalker uh force awakens <laughs> almost gotcha almost yeah. gotcha um no it, it's that that's what we love about star wars that's that's why we all fell in love with star wars is the creativity and the kind of jumping into another world or galaxy in this case um and i i love the reference there by gordon that reminded of him encore plot uh definitely yeah definitely the same vibe different species obviously but very yeah very similar vibe how they kind of walked and talked and everything the one in the back like i could legit see like that being a horror movie monster like he was an ugly son of a gun with the freaking like razor blade as a knife as a hand i was like oof loved it (laughs) loved it creativity i love it it's star wars it's what we've been asking for for this show um, and I know the show is focused on a lot of people who aren't obviously aliens, but it uh, when when we can get it, I do appreciate that they do throw mm-hmm. it in there. So especially um, like the amount of different places we've gone, like we haven't really seen, we've gone to like a new planet every week essentially. I, I know, and this is like, I mean, they'll be in the background, but like conversational wise, this is like one of the first times in this whole entire series. Yeah. So, and I love how they were just like, yeah. Screw the empire. Let's get him. And they I was going to say, I was going to bring up Andy's comment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you can, it was a great way yeah. to kind of start to feel, uh, or to understand in just that very brief moment, how that species thinks mm-hmm. they have one thought and then immediately another thought, uh, oversees it. And they're like, Oh wait, no, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like they're that type of character. Um, and it was, it was great. It was a great brief little opener to get them to the ship and everything. I really enjoyed it. But outside of that, you know, not a whole lot happened with Andor. He went and got his box back at his hotel room or apartment. And someone else is living there. Uh, and then him and Melshi split. He obviously gets the phone call. And from what we know is that he's a he's basically going to be heading straight to Ferrix. And we're going to see him on Ferrix next episode. So, 
I think it wasn't the title of the episode like Back to Ferrix or something. No, it was Daughter of Ferrix. Daughter of Ferrix. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Daughter of Ferrix. Um, but yeah, no, it. I love a good alien. Who doesn't? Who doesn't in Star yeah. Wars? Uh, all right, let's talk about Luthen. Let's finish up with Luthen here. Mm-hmm. Um, the That's- best stuff in the episode. I would. I would. I would. <sighs> would you agree with that? Oh, easily. I've okay, been just make it I've sure. been waiting for this laser beam ship since the freaking preview and the fact that it was in episode 11, you made me wait till 11 for that dopes thing and it paid off. It was well, yeah, and it, it did it did multiple things in the episode that we haven't um that we haven't seen from Star Wars before. First of all, those little missiles that he shot up at the tractor beam were incredible. They were incredible. I, I, I likened it to um, what were they called? Mando's was the whistling birds or the uh, is that what they were called? I think so. His little his little rockets that he shot out of his wrist. Yeah. Um, they were called whistling birds. I think right. I think so. Andy will tell. Uh, yeah, Andy will tell us. Um, and they were they were very similar to that. They shot out the back of the ship. They blew up the tractor beam, and then he goes full blown just. Uh, NASCAR driver on the Empire and starts mocking up TIE fighters all over the place with an incredible laser beam that comes out of his ship. I mean, the creativity on that thing is incredible. That is just... I saw someone on Twitter be like, oh, so this is where the Star Wars budget's been in Andor. And I was like, well, if that's the case, then it's working because it was freaking awesome and i just love like how he's like stellan skarsgård is so good in this he's the role. best part of the show i'm he, sorry he's the best part of the show oh my god he every time like he's there i'm just like yes like it's just like you know you're gonna get like this anger you like performance that he's always giving and it's just it's yeah i loved it i didn't realize that that uh ship is a old concept art for the imperial uh i think it's darth mole's old ship no it was an old concept art of what the uh star destroyers were originally going to look like oh well that that makes sense we've seen it in star wars before how they repurposed stuff a lot yeah um so it's awesome like that ship i was like oh i can actually like see that and it it not being like a warship, like it was more of like that security. Well, it caught the Empire off guard because it's it's been outfitted much more than the ship is supposed to be. Yeah, it. Uh, I just I I dug it because I actually like it was a weird looking ship. Obviously, it had three giant satellite dishes, but like it kind of being like a patrol thing. Like I was like, oh, okay, that makes that, that makes sense. It makes sense and it looks cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, he, he murked those TIE fighters in the front of that ship. It was, oh, it was so worth the wait. Luthen's the best part of the show. He's the best part of the show, hands down. It's, yeah. And then when he goes to see Saw, it just gaslights. We were for a second, Andy, and then I caught on to what Brian was talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I was yeah, talking about Luthen's ship. You were talking about the Star Destroyer-like ship, and then I was uh-huh. like, oh, wait, Brian's talking about the Star Destroyer ship, so let's let's revert back to the Star Destroyer ship. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then he goes and gaslights Saw 
like the hardest gaslighting you've ever seen. Well, he did it before. He did it before that scene, but yes. Yeah, correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Um, but like, literally, just like gaslights him. Dude, Luthen's Luthen is an ultimate badass. He he puts yeah. Saw in his place. Like, not very many people can do that. It's. I mean, he literally played on his paranoia. Like, mm. he literally knew all of the things that he was paranoid about and gaslighted him into be starting to get paranoid and to buy into what he was doing. It was just like, oh, he's just so good at like what he does and the character. It just, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's a masterclass right now. All these actors in this show and yeah, Luthen is just, every time I see him, like, I'm like, yes, something dramatic is about to happen because whether it's that meeting with the the spy or um freaking is it lonnie lonnie yeah um just anytime you see him like it's always seems to be like this dramatic performance and it's just like yes yeah it's he's great this his character is being done so so well and it's so believable excuse me that he is one of these pillars yeah i agree setting up the i'm talking too much because now i'm getting the hiccups uh, you're good, you're good. i wanted yeah oh, pillars of the i was just gonna say pillars of the rebellion yeah um i wanted to bring up this comment because he said it a couple times and uh this is interesting bets believes that luthan is a former member of the jedi order I don't believe that personally, but I can see where he or she is coming from. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think Tony Gilroy wants anything to do with force and lightsabers. And can any... you imagine, though, if like it popped out next episode, and the dude just pulls a lightsaber out like, whoa. I don't know if I would like it though. I mean, it would I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it personally, but you know, it, it would definitely be like a oh man. But like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm loving how he is just being this like. He's good at what he does. He's collector. incredible at what he does. Yeah, and I I really like his assistant too. She's like a no. She is. She is the um. What is what is the terminology? Uh. She's the true MVP of this show. And I, I'm forgetting the right terminology, but she is without not foundation. She's what she, she does on the scale. So we've only seen bits and pieces of her and the bits and pieces that we've seen have been incredible. She runs everything <laughs> like she legit runs it all she can talk luthan into doing anything she wants like clea thank you gordon thank you um and and luthan may not you know do it every time but she legit is not afraid to say or do whatever she wants mm -hmm. and i love it she put vel in absolutely love too. it yeah exactly like that that scene with vel was amazing it was so 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 good yeah it's this show is just so well done in every aspect. It's phenomenal. Uh, it, each actor is just 
I don't, I don't even have the words because each character is being played so well. And by people you've never even heard of Dedra's character. Like I hadn't heard of her before and she's amazing. Like every she's one of those people that you're just like, you find yourself cheering for. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh no, no. Like you're really bad. And Luthen came out of nowhere. Stalin Skarsgård's just, I, I don't even have a word. I was going to say rocking it, but it's just, yeah, He's it's rocking it. He's yeah, rocking it's it. yeah, it's been great. It's well, Brian, we only have one week left. I know. And then uh, and then we don't have Star Wars for a month and a half until Bad Batch. Um, well, Mando's like what? March? I think they said Bad Batch is in January. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that January comes before March. Which is why I said it. So, and there's not that. I wonder they're not going to do as many episodes before it, then, huh? Well, well, twelve, twelve. I would imagine it's probably close to twelve episodes. It was, I think, it was sixteen last time. I think Bad Batch the first season was sixteen. Um, I would, I would think somewhere around that same rate, twelve maybe, um, would be a good number for season two, and that that would put it around that March area, March April. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think. Huh? Yeah. I was gonna say Pedro Pascal is gonna be busy for the first couple months. Well, yeah, he has he has The Last of Us in January, then he's got Mando in the spring, um, and he's been casted in a couple movies as well. Uh, the dude, the dude, the G Unit though. So Star Wars is doing really well right now with everything that they're doing. I'm next year is gonna be wild. Yeah. It's been wild. They're taking leaps and bounds in the right direction, in my opinion, especially with this show. Like, I mean, this show has no force, no lightsabers, no Jedi. And it's one of the best things they've ever put out. Like, it's incredible. Now, give me this with Solo. (sighs) Unfortunately, that'll never happen. Because Lucasfilm sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. They just, they just, uh, they're afraid to take chances sometimes. Um, one last question or one last comment here before we uh, wrap the show up. Jane says, "I think they will just air the same time, um, and they would both end around celebration." The only reason why I disagree with you, Jane, is because Marvel is also owned by Disney, and that is also Disney Plus, and they have about three television shows coming out next year too. So Secret Wars is probably going to run around the same time as uh, Mando. Mando. Oh, my God. Mando and Secret Wars at the same time. And 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 the ones. Well, and Mando probably be before Mando. I'm thinking Mando starts. No, that would be like all March. Do you realize that? Well, Ant-Man's in the middle of February. Oh, is it? It's February 17th. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a March date. No, it's February. Um, I think what's going to happen is Bad Batch is going to be in January. Mando and Secret Wars is going to be March, April. Hmm. Loki is going to be June or July. And then Echo is going to be in the fall. And then you throw Ahsoka probably... This started in... Ahsoka is going to be probably like September, October. I was going to say whenever this started this year, September, October... I would say Ahsoka is probably going to be the fall show for Star Wars next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're throwing Mando at the beginning when it's 
consistently been that end of the year, you have to have something big planned to take that spot. Yeah. And Andy, to your comment, I definitely think that uh, they have found what works Star Wars on Wednesdays, Marvel on Thursdays. Oh, thank God. Um, I, I, I know that it's been back and forth quite a bit. Like originally it was Fridays and then it was both Wednesdays. But I think that they have figured it out. Star Wars on Wednesdays, Marvel on Thursdays. I think that works really, really well. Um, I mean, just as a fan, I don't want to have to watch Secret Invasion and Mandalorian on the same day. Yeah, because it also takes. I don't want to do that. It's too much. Like I need to absorb. Well, Miss Marvel was never talked about because Obi Wan was being talked about. Yeah, hundred percent. And which was the better show? Miss Marvel. Um. I, Everyone had better moments, but Ms. Marvel overall was a better show. Yeah. I When it's like that, I need a day to absorb the scale of what's going on. So, like, putting them both is just a little much. Yeah. Um, to bet, I would love to bring up all these comments, but uh, it's a lot. If we, I mean, Brian, if we want to read them, we can. I don't even know um, where it starts. I believe it's regarding Luthen. Um, it starts here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's your here's your next episode. Luthen's speech is known as a former member of the Jedi Order. Calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all the chance at inner peace. I've made my mind on sunless place. Uh, I share my dreams with ghosts. Um, I. St- I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years from which there's only one conclusion I damn for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight. They've sent me the path on which there is no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is, what is my sacrifice? I can then to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn uh my decency for someone else's future i burn my life to make a sunrise that i know i'll never see no the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror uh, or an audience or the light of gratitude so what do i sacrifice so you so bets just to clarify You're saying that's coming straight from someone who talks like a Jedi, I'm guessing, is what they are saying. Right, <laughs> if you're reading that correctly. Oh, one other thing I forgot to bring up. Brian, if you're reading that correctly, what? That's just saying that that speech sounds like it comes from a Jedi. Oh, I see what you're implying. It's a speech from the last episode. I mean, politicians give really good speeches. So, like, it, even if you don't like enjoy, and politics. let's also his age, Luthen's age, he he operated whatever he was before all of this. He clearly knew Jedi. You know, like doesn't mean he is one. Just yeah. saying. I don't. I just don't want him to be. I don't need him to be one. Yeah, that's. I don't one. need him to be one. I'm more. I'm more. I don't want him to be. He could be, but I don't want him to be. Yeah. Also, one last thing that I was trying to remember to bring up the whole time: uh, the sy- symbolism of Cassian looking on the beach, just mm-hmm. into the distance. I was like, oh, yeah. The next time he looks at a beach, he dies. I know. 
I was just sitting there like, oh no, don't do it. <laughs> don't look. Yeah. But yeah, great episode. I mean, I'm very curious to see how they end this. I think they're going to leave you yeah. on a cliffhanger, you think? Yeah, dude. They're going to leave us on Luthen's death. That's just going to happen. No. You, for someone that loves this character so much, you want him dead so badly. Because everything ends badly at this time for the Rebels, Brian. Everything. He can die next season. Give me some more time with him. No, I don't think he dies. I think he bites the dust in the first episode of next season. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, everybody, um, we will be back next Wednesday uh, to discuss the finale of Andor. Uh, Very, very excited to do so. Maybe we'll have a special guest. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Not going to reveal anything just yet, but we'll see. Uh, we'll be here five o'clock Pacific right here on this channel. Of course, if you are interested in anything else on this channel, uh, we have our main show on Tuesday evenings, seven o'clock, where we discuss everything that is movies, um, television shows as well. Of course, uh, this past Tuesday, we did everything that was Black Panther Wakanda forever. Full blown spoiler review. It is up on the channel. You can also follow us on all the audio platforms. If you'd rather listen to us rather than see us, we get it. We're not the beautifulest people in the world. You understand? You can listen to us wherever you can find your podcasts. Uh, You know, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, all that good stuff. So, um, and yeah, so for Brian and myself, thank you all so much for joining us, hanging out, correcting us all night long. We Mm -hmm. appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys.